welcome to the Two World Podcast, where you can hear thoughts and reflections on unique intersections between faith and culture. Tune in regularly for this foray into feelings of surprise and interconnectedness and aha moments in life when two worlds come together. Now join your hosts, Barney and Jacob, for this most recent episode. Welcome to another edition of the Two World Podcast. I'm one of the co-hosts, and my name is Jacob Dotson, and I have with me today my other co-host. I am Barney. And we're so delighted today to have a special guest with us. His name is... Lee Miller Matzos. And we invited Lee onto our podcast today because we want to talk with him about the story of his music. Very soon, in just a week's time, Lee will be putting on a concert here in Worcester, Ohio called Metamorphosis. And I've had the honor of working with Lee over the past year. And we've been able to delve into some of the background of his music, what inspired it, um, and how it can be something that others can enjoy and learn from, and is a contribution that he can offer to our community and to our world. And so this morning, we wanted to uh, delve into that story, learn more about it, and appreciate it. And uh, just to get started, um, I also want to mention that Lee has some connections to this community in Worcester, Ohio, and that both he and Barney know each other. And so just uh, briefly, um, Lee, can you can you mention what your connections are to Worcester and how you know Barney? Yeah, well, I uh, attended Worcester Mennonite as, as a child, as did Barney. And uh, yeah, so we... we uh, had that special opportunity to to be here in this wonderful church community but we also um had the opportunity to um hang out as children my brother chris and i would go over to the martin household um on saturdays uh for uh a good good, solid you know maybe a couple of years um when i was about six or so six seven and play Nintendo games and play outside and do all kinds of fun things. Um, and uh, I remember they had a very nice, gentle golden retriever. I have all kinds of fun memories of being with the Martins and the wonderful family, Ron and Liz, and just being over there. So I, I just, um, it's special today to to be here with Barney again after all these years. So. Yeah, when when Jacob uh, proposed the idea of of having Leon as a guest today, I was very excited. Um, I, I did. I was just. It didn't. It, it wasn't on my radar to to think about having um, Lee as a guest. And then I thought, yes, of course, it makes perfect sense. And then um, when when we were talking before we started recording, Lee had this great bit of insight saying how you know the memories that we have of people. Are, are kind of um, static and in kind of in stasis where um, they, they just stay with us and, um, you know, good memories or bad memories. And, um, and then when we see someone again after so long, of course, it's those memories that we have that come back to us um, right away. And of course, me today, um, you know, when I, when I, when we decided to have this uh, uh, Lee as a guest, it was my morning. And so I've spent the whole day 
thinking about, you know, kind of excited, you know, coming up with my image, what does lead look like now? You know, what are we going to talk about? And what kind of jokes can I make? And then to finally meet each other again, it's just so nice. And of course, um, I remember so many great times of them being at my house and of, of me getting to go to Lee's house when he would have birthday parties. And, and of course, um, seeing each other at church too. And uh, Lee's fantastic uh, parents, especially, um, you know, what, what a great pillar in the church that his mom was and also at, uh, at the high school where she taught. And, um, and it's, I, I've heard bits and pieces of Lee's concert and, you know, I'd always wondered what had he been up to because I knew um, kind of the path that Chris's life had taken. And so I was always thinking, I remember a picture in the family restaurant that um, Lee was destined to be president very soon now, um, according to his dad. So I, I was, I'm waiting for that. I was waiting, wondering, is that campaign going to start soon or have things gone a different direction? I wasn't quite I sure. <laughs> but um, to see each other again um, for for all of the you know kind of the the images the ideas that we form in our our minds you know in the in the interim and then to see each other in reality um, there's just no um, there's no way to replace it. it that's that's the genuineness that that is so much better than whatever ideas that I thought that whatever path that we were on. Um, to see each other and connect with each other um, this way is just so much better and richer. Yeah, it's very cool. And, and I don't take it for granted, you know, because a lot of times you, you, you know, you have these, these cool connections in childhood, and then you just never see the people again, people go in their different directions and, you know, go all over the world, like, like you have other side of the world. And it's just, um, you know, so this is, it, it's a special opportunity today. So it's, it's really cool. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, um, well, one of the things that I appreciate uh, about you, Lee, is your, um, your passion for life. And um, as I've gotten to know you this past year, that really comes out in your music. And I'm wondering if you could share just a little background of, of how music became a core passion for you, um, how you discovered that it was one of the central things in your life that you wanted to pursue. Maybe just a little bit of background there before we um, explore further the most recent expression with the concert. Yeah. Um, well, um, uh, music, um, I think from in, in a deep way, from a really young age, I, I knew that music was important to me. I, I was lucky to have um, my parents that, um, um, would take me to things like, um, uh, Frank Sinatra concerts, Sammy Davis Jr. Those are some of my earliest memories, um, getting to see those, those legends up, up in Cleveland. Um, I was lucky to be able to do things like that. Um, and then, you know, I grew up with, um, Ohio Light Opera. My dad still sings in Ohio Light Opera and, um, I, went to that every summer set several times a year. Um, and then being at, um, you know, in a Mennonite church community where music was important and then going to central Christian, um, where music was just a huge part of the fabric of that community music and, and, and drama and fine arts. 
um, is a really important part of what central is. And, you know, when I was a kid, I always looked up to um, the older students there that, that would um, be in the fine arts. And I always wanted to look forward to doing it, doing those things myself, and then had a chance to do it. And, and, you know, the person that, um, the person that I, that I really uh, connected with on that journey was, was Tim Shu, who was my choir director in high school. And, and um, so excited that he's going to be joining us. He's joining us on this, this concert. Amazing. And when I had first had the vision to do, to do this concert, um, it, Tim was, was the first person that came to mind. And, and so when he agreed to do it, it, it was just wonderful. And I knew that it was, was the right thing um so um yeah i i you know in, in my 20s i i my 20s was a time of exploration so i i did um you know in my early 20s i uh, went out to san francisco and i studied opera at, at san francisco conservatory and i did that for one year and um it was a um, you know, had a great voice teacher. It was really amazing in that way. I, I did decide at that point I didn't want to do opera or, or musical theater. So then I then I moved away from music and tried a lot of other careers and, you know, got a, a lot of really good experience doing things like public relations, journalism, um, worked a little bit in, in government. Um, I've worked in grant writing, um, so, uh, you know, just, uh, variety of experiences. And then, um, you know, eventually though, when I got to my early thirties and started to have some transformation types of experiences, like, uh, losing my grandmother and lo losing my mother in consecutive years. And when that happened, things started to churn up, I think spiritually and, things started to change. And I, you know, started thinking very deeply about, you know, I have this one life and what do I really, what am I really here to do? And, um, and so I, I um, started to, you know, think about the possibility of, of going back to school for music, but for contemporary music um, and started taking steps towards doing that. Um, so, um, that's kind of what, what brought me to where I am, um, today over the last four years. Um, that's what I've been taking steps to do. And I've been fortunate enough to, I, I've had to make it through a number of obstacles, um, to be where I am ready to do this concert and hoping that it's just the very beginning of my journey as a musical artist. So yeah it's it's interesting to me the twists and the turns in your story that you were getting training to be an opera singer and then you stepped away for a while but the kind of rediscovery of your passion for music was tied in with some of the huge losses that happened in your life with your your grandma and your your mother and it kind of awakened you to the importance of pursuing that again and so I wonder if we could take a, 
a moment to explore that a little bit more. Um, before we started recording today, we were just asking Lee some of his thoughts about the general themes and the background behind his music. And this theme came up of, of, um, of transformation that happens through struggle. And we tend to want to avoid pain and we want to avoid hardship, but sometimes um, loss and mourning and can lead us to a, um, something in life that we were missing that we didn't see before. And so um, could we talk a little bit about your journey with grief? Um, can we reflect a little bit on the impact that maybe, for example, your mother had on you and in this whole journey of, towards music and, and, and where you are today? And so maybe a few of those pieces and whichever aspect you'd like to start with. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, um, I, I think, you know, grief, um, it, it comes through in a number of my songs, um, because it's, 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 it's been such a big part of my journey over the last six years. And, um, but but I think, you know, one one of the most important parts of that that comes through is this um, is this concept of, of you know being being comfortable to um, to sit with with the grief. Um, I I think it's it's easy to want to avoid such difficult emotions, and um, I think it's important for for things to be. For, for us to to lean into to such difficult things even though it's it's really difficult to do um you know in a way my life situation sort of um in, in a way sort of forced me in into um the journey that I'm now on um when my mom past I was living by myself I was a little bit isolated you know it wasn't fun but it gave me an opportunity um to be where I needed to be to process losing my mom it was in that place that I decided to go back um to music school it was in that place that I was in a really dark depression and it's not popular to be in a really dark depression. It's not, you know, seen as a good thing in our culture. We, we want to, you know, we're supposed to, you know, take antidepressants and I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing. I'm anything like that, but, you know, but because in a lot of situations, people need to do that, but I'm simply saying that, you know, for me, I, I needed to, to feel what I was feeling and feel the, all of the emotions and process because I think it led me to where I needed to go on my, on, on my path. And, um, I think avoiding that would have taken me somewhere else. And, and I think in, you know, previous parts of my journey, maybe I did avoid that and it, it, you know, wasn't, um, you know, I think that was, okay because it, it it allowed me to learn other things i mean i think maybe god used things like me going to get my mba you know I, I learned i picked up skills from that even though it wasn't pursuing a career as a musician it wasn't pursuing my passion 
And I could look at that as lost time, or I could look at that as that was, you know, picking up skills that are transferable to what I'm doing now. But, but I think, um, you know, as far as the journey of grief, you know, we're, we're um, and, and, and any kind of pain that we're going through, you know, I, I've, a number of times earlier this year, I, I heard the, the phrase, um, life happens for you, you, you know, and, and just was the first time I had heard that, heard it a number of times on, you know, social media and different people saying it, but, but I've just kind of been tossing that around in my mind that, that maybe the things that we don't want to happen, the things that, you know, we just want good things to happen. Right. And we want to be happy and joyful and that's what people want. But, but I think, um, if we just filter out all of the, the dark times, the things we don't want, the pain, if, if we, if we just try to avoid all those things, I, I think we're, we're missing the real true nuggets of wisdom and the things that, that we need to become the best versions of our self. Because I think I, I know for me, there's been, there's just been so much growth in the past six years of, um, my journey and I've, I'm, I've been dealing with multiple concussions and post-concussion syndrome as well. And I, you know, I, I'm a lot better now, thankfully, but, but in all of that journey and the grief and the health issues, there's, it, it's all been an opportunity. And I, I try, you know, and I didn't plan to write about that in my songs, but all of that comes through um, in my songs. So that's, that's what my experience is. Um, and, and so I, I hope that in the concert that that can speak, um, to people where, where they are, um, you know, that I think the bottom line that, you know, we don't need to try to separate the light from the dark or the, the pain from the joy, or we don't need to try to, to avoid things, um, because, they actually complement each other. And, and because, um, because we, we actually need the dark times, um, um, I think to become the best version of ourselves, um, we can't, we can't appreciate the better times in our lives without, without the dark times. But, but more than that, um, I think they're absolutely necessary. So. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. One thing that, that kind of stuck with me when I was listening to your story is, um, how all of us deal, how the process of dealing with grief, if it's, you know, the loss of a friendship or a relationship, or, um, especially in your case, like the loss of someone who actually passes away. And, um, would you be willing maybe to share a bit? I'm curious about, um, the process when your grandmother and your mom passed away, um, it sounds like at that point um, in your life, you, you know, you had this passion for music, but you weren't necessarily so engaged with it. And then here you have um, just so much grief that you have to work through. Um, were you thinking about, or were you doing, um, were you like trying to sort through and process the grief in, in other ways initially? And then, and then it kind of, um, 
dawned on you or kind of came to you that that music was this great outlet for you to work through that grief or um how was it that that you kind of that this was kind of like a turning point for you to get you kind of um headed back toward music yeah great question yeah thank you i i um so yeah i i did um have go through a process with that i you know i i um went through stages of grief um don't not sure i remember what they are right now but they certainly were there over that that first year after my mom passed year plus and um you know i i i had some some coping mechanisms some of them you know maybe not the healthiest and you know, I, I, I came to a point, there was a, there was a book actually, you know, that, that Tim Shu was actually the person that recommended it, uh, coincidentally enough, but, um, it's, 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 um, falling upward by Richard Rohr. I don't know if you're, you guys are familiar. Um, but it, it's a fantastic book and, um, and it talks a lot about this, uh, what we've been talking about, about how, um, you, well, I mean, the overarching theme is that, um, we have two halves of life and the first half of life is, is you're, you're kind of doing the things like you're, um, doing the things you need to do, like establishing a job, a career relationships, deciding who you want to be with, these kinds of necessary things. And then the second half of life is kind of like the second journey where you're kind of doing that thing that you were called to do. And that's the overarching theme. But another big theme is this, is this idea that, um, that you're, that, that, you know, falling upward, that it, it takes these, these intense, um, uh, dark dark night of the soul experiences um and that it's, it's kind of this this um you know trampoline effect if you will or you know you, you just uh, you know somehow you know richard Rohr says i i don't know why this is true i i wish this wasn't true but but it just seems to be the case and um so you know i i think you know, listening, I, I listened to the audio book and it was life-changing. And I think it was the timing of it, you know, for whatever reason, Tim Shu recommended that book. I didn't listen to it until a year later. It just popped up in my mind. It just popped up in my mind. I, I need to listen to this book now. I need to read this book now. And then at that very specific time, you know, maybe it was late 2017, early 2018. I don't remember exactly, but it just really hit home. And something else that he talks about was just this idea that if you, when you know that you're on the path that you're supposed to be on, when you know that you're getting into your second journey of life, you're going to feel like there's a thing that you need to do that, that you feel like you have no choice, but to do that thing. And, and that's when I knew that's when I knew in, in a very deep way. And I, and I kept playing back, playing back that part of the, 
the CD just over and over again. I would, you know, rewind it and just listen to him saying that, that you don't have a choice. And it just resonated so deeply, not in a way that made me feel guilty for not doing it sooner, but, but just in a way that like now is the time now is the time. And, and I knew that it was music and I knew that I was doing the right thing. I think at this point it was 2018 because I was already taking the steps toward like I was applying for music schools and I was planning to audition at, at Berkeley in Boston and trying to, you know, figure out all of that stuff. And so it just like aligned in a certain way. And I knew, and, um, and, and, and I've known ever since then, but I, but I, I've also had to fight through so many things that all of the things that have come up since that point, it's almost like there were forces that have come up and tried to stop me. It's, it sounds weird, but, but, um, for concussions, kind of this weird domino effect where I, went to a retreat, had a concussion where I collided heads with someone and then had this weird domino effect where I would, where I would have these um, syncope episodes where I, I passed out a couple of times and, and hit my head on the floor a couple of times and, and it made it worse. And, and it, you know, so it's been three and a half years since that first concussion. And I'm just now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a better place now. I'm not a hundred percent, but I'm so much better than I was, but I've fought through all of that and, and made it through music school. And, and I don't think that's about, you know, I, I, I think that's about the power of a, of a dream. I think that's about the power of what God wants to do with my purpose and, and my passion and and these songs and and you know that that's what my hope is so yeah as you were talking there at the end uh about um god's own um, work in this music i wonder if you can talk a little bit about um how the music came to you um as you were writing it um your experience of that um and maybe for our listeners too um, to unpack a little bit the season, when, where you studied, you, what, where music school was for you, what was going on in that time, um, more broadly, and um, and then when the music came to you, how it came to you, and maybe we can unpack the, some of the spiritual aspects of that too. So yeah, um, so yeah, I I was fortunate to study music in Prince Edward Island, and I I so I I was accepted at at Berkeley, I decided to attend one of the, not Berkeley itself, but a, a Berkeley um, partner school called Holland College, which is in Prince Edward Island. So um, yeah, amazingly beautiful place. It kind of looks like Amish country in Ohio, except it's surrounded by water and the the sand, the, the ground is like this very unique red color for whatever reason. Um, but, um, and it's the home of the Anne of Green Gables house, which my mom was a, a big fan of. Um, but, um, so I went there and I lit a, a candle for her in her memory. But, um, 
but it, it was a really, it was a really difficult time for me to be totally honest. I, I, and I knew it would be, I, I was going back to school with um, people that were half my age. So socially it was, it was rough to say the least. Um, but I studied with some really um, incredibly talented young people um, that, you know, kind of bypassed the whole singing in the operatic and musical theater style like I did and just went straight for the pop. And they were really amazing. And um, it was like a huge privilege to perform with, with them and, um, you know, really had an amazing voice teacher. Um, but yeah, it, it I, I was hoping that it would be an opportunity just for me to to have a platform to get back into music and be kind of like a spark for me to do that. And it, and it did that it, it, despite the concussions that I was dealing with, despite the, the COVID situation where we had to go to online classes and I had to deal with the concussions and having to, I was having a, a tough time looking at screens and, and we had to, the instructors worked with me though. They worked with me so that I didn't have to look at screens as much. And they were very, very nice. And, um, and I got through it and, um, but, but, but sure enough, it, it just, it, it was like certain things, certain pieces came together. I had, you know, the space to finally let these songs come out. It, it felt like they wanted to come out for a long time. And then in, in 2020, um, you know, when we had the lockdown, and, um, you know, I had a um, concussion and actually um, actually had my driver's license suspended for four months um, because they had thought that I um, had a seizure. And I, I don't think I did. But any, anyway, you know, there were a couple there were a couple blockades there where, you know, number one, there was no place to go. Number two, I couldn't go anywhere. So I really. Uh, you know, writing music was one of the only things I could do that, that, and, and I wanted to do it and I had space and I lived in this little attic with this. Um, I, I lived at it, my, my landlord, um, Kathy's house and she, she was just a delight to live with. Um, and she didn't mind me singing and playing music in there in her little attic. Um, really sweet lady. And, talked on the phone and laughed all the time uh, with her friends and but but yeah I you know um you know I I had so many special moments writing these songs I, I wrote a song called Mother's Day Weekend on on Mother's Day weekend of 2020 and I'm going to share that at the concert um but I think that, I mean there were one or two songs where I I really had these like I would call them god moments or mountaintop experiences where i was literally just you know like a little kid again like you know dancing around the room with my arms in the air just because i knew that i hit on something it was like striking gold and it was like thank you god you know and, and you know thank you for this song because i because you know, again, can't prove any of that, but, but I'll tell you what, what happened when I wrote these songs was basically, you know, a melody would 
would come to my mind. I I would start playing chords on on my my 1999 Casio keyboard that my parents probably bought for $90 and it worked for 20 years. But, um, but, and I, you know, I would put some chords to the melody and then, and then lyrics, lyrics would just start to spill out. And, and I don't know where they came from. And I don't, I, I, I you know, I, I'm not going to claim to know where they came from. I'm just going to say, I, I think these were God moments. There, there's, um, uh, you know, uh, a, a book that I read by, by Julia Cameron that, um, you know, that, that, that talks about this, but, but that just were, you know, an, an artist is really, a co-creating with, with, with God. And, um, it's not even a, it's not even a spiritual or religious book. It's, it's just talking about like, Hey, this is the reality. You know, you might not even believe in God, but this is just what happens with artists. Okay. And, so, um, you know, I just, I had these amazing moments, you know, dancing around this attic and, um, yeah, it, it was something like I hadn't had only experienced a few times in my life and, um, was just, was pure bliss really. And I, I can only hope special things for these songs, just based on my experience of, of um of writing them so absolutely in in our last episode um jacob i i'm hoping that you remember when we were talking i think about um uh, uh words from the bible and i think we were talking about scolasso and i think i remember there was one part where you mentioned um uh the word the root maybe or the greek word um metamorphos metamorpho is that right and um i'm wondering if you could just um mention about that again and then because i know that that's related to lee's concert and then from there maybe lee you could talk a little bit more about how um the how this kind of uh, maybe react to it a bit and then how you came up with this metamorphosis as um the theme for for your or, or the title is it for your upcoming concert uh, definitely yeah so what what barney's referring to there is this passage of scripture from romans chapter 12 where at the very beginning um paul writes and says be transformed by the renewing of your mind and the word for transform there um, in english we would say metamorphosis and it comes from this greek word metamorpheo which uh is um not just about change or subtle change it's about a a thorough, powerful change that happens. Um, and so in that particular chapter, Paul goes on to say, this transformation that happens in our mind affects how we view the world, affects how we treat other people. It is a, um, a real opening up to God and others. And um, I see that in your music. And so I was thrilled when I found out the name of your concert was Metamorphosis, because it also has this rich connection with this idea, even in scripture of a, of a, complete transformation in thinking um, and a posture to the world, to other people, to God. Um, but but I would love to hear you unpack a little bit more for us how you came to the term metamorphosis. Yeah. Um, well, it goes way back for me. I actually, I went to the College of Worcester and from my senior independent study, I, I named 
my independent study monarch for the monarch butterfly. But and, and my independent study was actually a memoir, which is probably rare for a 21 year old to write. Um, but I, I wrote uh, a memoir about just like a summer, the summer of 2005 into like the winter of 2006, because it was a, a special moment in 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 life and, and looking ahead to moving to San Francisco and fun things. But I, I, I made the theme of that IS was, was the butterfly because in the summer of 2005, I, I, it was, it was strange how I, I kept seeing all of these, these butterflies, these monarch butterflies. Um, and, and not that I just, not that I would keep seeing them, but I would keep seeing them at specific times when I felt like I needed reassurance. And so I began to see these butterflies as because I kept seeing them at specific times when I needed reassurance, I began to interpret these, these monarch butterflies as sending a message to me of, of you're on the right track. And, um, and so whenever I would see a, a monarch, I would make a point just to take a moment, almost like a meditative moment to just watch the butterfly until it disappeared from view. And it was just a little special spiritual moment. And, and so, you know, um, so, so that, you know, that theme, you know, kind of came up again for me at this moment in my life um, with all this upheaval, but it, it's come back in a different way. And I've realized, you know, on a deeper level, the, um, the metaphor of, of metamorphosis and, and the butterfly, the metaphor on a deeper level for our, our life, because, you know, I think we're asked to go into the cocoon, uh, whether we like it or not. And I think the cocoon is dealing with, um, you know, um, kind of like what Richard Rohr talks about, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, really, really painful experience, the death of a loved one, a physical illness, physical injury, um, really, really, you know, tough, tough time. Um, but, but life puts us there and we don't really have a choice but to be there and face it. And then it's through that, that then we come out as some transformed version of ourselves and that's like the caterpillar is you know the pupa going into the the cocoon and then basically what happens there is in nature is it's just like a complete mess the pupa just it's, it gets broken down and it just becomes this mass of like broken down cells and it's like a sticky painful mess it really must be an awful thing and then and then the butterfly emerges after all this painful, sticky, horrible mess, right? And, you know, that would be a good way to describe the last six years of my life. And, um, but, but I'm seeing, you know, I'm starting to see some, some things emerge, but I, I think, um, you know, 
you know, I, I, I think it's, a, I think it's a good idea to accept the truth of this metaphor. I, I think it's, um, you know, um, I, I, you know, we don't have to, but, but I think it's a really, I, I think it's, I think it's a truth about life. Um, I don't think it's a perspective, you know, people say, change your perspective or look at things a different way. I, I think we can do better than that. I mean, I, I think it's just, let's just accept what happens, you know, God or, the, you know, the universe or life or whatever people want to say, but, but we get put in these situations, you know, I lost my mom. I had these multiple concussions happen. It all kind of happened within a pretty short period of time. I, I, I was forced into a tough spot and then, and then I had to work through that. And, and now I'm, I'm see, I've seen some shifts and I, I've, I've had to make some choices, you know, to be more positive. I've had to make some choices to face some things and, and, you know, and, and things, you know, and you, you know, positive things then start to happen. And then I think God meets you there and kind of fills that in. And, um, and, and that's kind of where, where we see the butterfly emerge out of that, that cocoon, but it's, you know, it, it's a nonlinear process when that butterfly is trying to emerge from the cocoon, there's that sticky mess that's still trying to pull it back. And for us, when we're trying to emerge from the cocoon, we still have the past and we still have that sticky stuff in our lives that, that still is trying to hold us back. It's, it's not like we just break free right away. Um, usually it's usually a, a process. Um, but, but I, I think, you know, um, what's really cool about this is all of that, that I just said, it is all what I thought of after I wrote these songs. These songs describe this and, but they came out before I w even was thinking about the butterfly memoir or, or metaphor. So, um, you know, I, I just think that's amazing. And I, I, I don't know, I don't know, I, I can't explain that. So I kind of just feel like I'm along for the ride here. <laughs> yeah, as, as you're talking there about the songs speaking to this reality, even in a way that anticipated or was came before your understanding of it. Um, I wanted to ask a, about a few parts uh, of your songs because um, maybe unlike our audience, um, I've had the extra benefit of being able to get to know your music as um, over time because um, um, one of the people helping with the event. So I've got to listen to the music. And um, so I, there are a few um, moments in your songs that really jump out to me and, and they, they capture my imagination. And I kind of just want to pick your brain a little bit and ask, like, how do you understand these these moments in your songs? If I and so I'll, pu I'll okay. put a few out there, and maybe for our, our listeners, and maybe for Barney too, this could pique your interest to to follow up more when the concert comes out, if you're able to come in person, 
or to view it um, through live streaming or the, the video on YouTube, um, I invite you to do so because I think there's a lot here. So, um, so one, of the, one of the things that really captures my attention in your songs is this sense of a conversation, um, almost like maybe you could say a conversation between your, the current version of yourself, maybe a younger version of yourself, maybe a conversation with your mother, maybe even a conversation with God. And I kind of wonder, as you list, as you think about your music now, after coming through this journey uh, of grief, of healing, um, do you see, do those conversations jump out to you? Do you sense a conversation happening in your music? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I did, um, I, I did, you know, when I was writing the songs, I, I, I sensed it, um, from, from, I, I did from the beginning when I was writing the songs, the conversation. And, and so I'm glad, I'm glad you, you pick up on it. It's, it's really special to me that you pick up on it. Um, that's really special to me. So it means that maybe other people will too. Um, because that, you know, that's kind of one of my concerns as an artist is that, you know, people won't pick up on those things. <laughs> um, but I, I, yeah, I mean, there, there is, um, you know, obviously, the, you know, the song Mother's Day Weekend is, 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 a, is a tribute to my mom. And, um, but, but there's, there's, um, you know, other songs, um, is a, is a, the, one of the final songs of the concert, you know, Garbage on Your Street, which is kind of this, this, um, this dialogue going on and and um you know I, I I think it's 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 one of my um you know favorite songs of the concert but it, it's just kind of this inter inter dialogue and um you know I I yeah I but but I think one of the cool things about art is that it's open to interpretation it won't mean you know, may not, you know, people may not pick up that it's, it's about, you know, my mom or my grandmother or, you know, but it, but it, but they might, you know, think about people in their own lives. And that's kind of what I'm hoping that it's, it's special to them. You know, I think these songs are, um, you know, I, 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 I want the, the music to, to not, be just not be about my journey, but, but about, you know, I think it's, um, you know, just like the, the journey of going into the cocoon and coming out of the cocoon is, is I think a journey that we all face. And I think the, the songs are, um, are about, you, you know, they're, I, you know, we all, um, go through some version of it. Um, you know, I have my ways that I'm going through it, but, but everybody has had their ways that they go through it. And so I'm hoping that when people hear, hear the songs that, you know, they, they, you know, it, it, it would be awesome if they do pick up on some of those, those, those things that you're picking up on, um, you know, because you've had a lot of exposure to the music. Um, but, but I also hope that people, will just be able to, that it'll mean something to them in their own, in their own journeys. And maybe those dialogues will be had with, 
you know, people that are special to them too. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I feel that your music has touched me in a unique way. When we think about mothers, um, I, my mother passed away in 2014 and uh, your song Worthy um, is very uh, much a tribute to, in my mind, and, and, a, and a thank you and a love letter to all the, the people who have been motherly uh, and nurturing to us and given of themselves, even in times when we haven't been able to recognize it. And um, I think there's something aspirational in it too. It's like, thank you. It's a thank you, but it's also saying, I want to be like you, you know? And so um, I, there's also another line um, where you talk about the, the going to the horizon. Um, and I, th I think for me, um, I mean, I, I would love to know what the horizon is for you in that song. But for me, in this regard, when I think of the horizon, I almost think of like the place where beyond where our, our loved ones are who have gone ahead. Yeah. And I think when I think of the horizon, I can almost see like this sense. And this is language I, that one of my mentors, Lou Volpe, told me. When I think of the my loved ones, my mom, my dad in that place, I can almost like sense them waving to me. Mm. And that's like this, the horizon for me as I look, I've, I've had some dreams before of them where they've been smiling or that waving. And, um, and in your, one of your songs where you talk about heading towards the horizon, that, that image comes up for me. But I wonder, do you, in that song, what, what did you mean by horizon? Did, did you know, was there a specific meaning or um, was it more a metaphor of moving forward, um, journeying or? I mean, I, I so the line is, um, out on the horizon is a beautiful mystery if you drift um just drift so um so i think yeah i i, I think the that song is called the the, the struggle but it, it's it, it's 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 about kind of just allowing yourself i think to be um to be in those painful places um and and um so i think the metaphor of kind of being out at out at sea and letting yourself drift i think about when i was a kid being at the ocean and i would always be afraid of i don't want to let the tide take me out too far so um you know i always think those kinds of those memories or emotions that we had as a child are quite beautiful but but i think um um i, I think that's a, that's a really beautiful um perspective that you have on that um and and i think um i think it, it i think it, you know that's that's an example of of, of how things can how things are are, are interpreted in so many beautiful ways and it's the beauty of art um you know the, the the horizon interpreted as letting yourself drift into whatever the future holds the horizon as um letting yourself drift into um infinite peace where your loved ones have already gone um i think it's both right so I, I, I mean, um, and there might be a, many other ways to interpret that. So that to me is, um, 
you know, I, and, you know, and that was one of those songs, by the way, I was, I, I was dancing. I was dancing around the attic because I, I knew there was something in it that was, that, you know, it was like, just, I, I, I was just, I was just thanking God, you know, that, that I had, had a moment, you know, but I've just been praying that it was going to be more than just the moment in that attic and, and that, you know, because to be honest, I, I, you know, I, like, it was a beautiful moment in that, that attic, but I, I, I really, um, I, 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 I don't want to, um, I, I, I have, you know, higher aspirations than having the moment in that attic. And, and I've been praying and hoping that this music will, will touch, you know, will will touch people and, and that it'll mean something. Um, because I think, I think whenever we have a dream that's in our heart, it's been in our, in our heart for so long. I remember being like, you know, when I was, I didn't mention this as the first question, but you know, I remember being a, a kid sitting in the backseat of the car and having these, these grandiose visions of, you know, being in some kind of a music video or something, but, you know, just, um, it, it was in there and, and it's not, you know, as much as, as much as we were, as much as we were taught as Mennonites to be humble and to not want to be in gratuitous music videos, I, I think our, our, our dreams are there for a reason. Right. And, you know, don't be ashamed of your dreams. Don't Jesus said, you know, don't hide the lamp under the bushel, um, you know, go for it. So I, I hope that's what's happening. I'm, I, I've just been praying that that's what's happening. It means everything. So, yeah. Through, throughout our our chat today, you've you've mentioned like a number of experiences and a number of people who have influenced you, um, and it makes me want to come back to um, maybe the uh, something you mentioned at the beginning of um, you said that kind of all of this was possible, or all of this kind of got started. Um, by you getting back in touch with um, Tim Shu, and I'm curious about how that process was. What was there kind of a eureka moment that that led to wow, this should be a concert? Or how how was it that that this started with you reconnecting with your teacher from high school, who I know um, was you know was a colleague of your mom's, and um, even my siblings speak so highly of him, and even my parents do. And I'm, I'm curious about how, how this all, you know, formed from kind of that one, uh, yeah. reconnection. Yeah. Thank you for asking. I, I, um, so th this was Jacob's idea and, and I have to like, thank Jacob because he's been like, so amazing, like over the past year. And I'm just like, so grateful. He's thank just you. been unbelievable for me. I, um, and, and I, I just, I just can't thank you enough. It's been we, an honor. We, we met, um, we met every week, every Wednesday for like, I don't know, maybe up, up to six months. Um, 
but I was, he, he presented this idea, I think last fall for the first time. And, um, you know, just, just throughout the idea of that the Worcester Mennonite could be a venue if, if I, you know, and at that time I was, I was going through, um, you know, I was going through a, a, a really bad migraine spike. I had a very strange event happen with um, a haircut. Something happened with a haircut and I had to go to Cleveland Clinic and do a, a headache infusion for a week and and eventually the headaches, the can, but I had, I had, it came down eventually, but I had really bad um, sound sensitivity that I had never had. I couldn't talk on the phone. I couldn't listen to music. Um, I was in a panic, not, not being able to talk on the phone, doing anything or do anything around the house other than lay around. I mean, I was in a panic. Jacob was, was there for me, you know, and in that, it was in that, time when he brought up this idea about the concert and I was like well thank you but like I'm not even thinking about that right now I can't even listen to music and you know and it was also around that time that I went to Central to just visit I, I decided to stop over there and I was I was just passing through and I went over there I, I visited um happened to run into Von Schrock who's my old biology teacher and Tim Shu came in. So I, I saw both of them and they, and they um, prayed for me. Just, I, I told them about what was happening with all of my symptoms and they said a prayer and um, just talked with Tim briefly. This was in October. And, you know, and then we, that was it. And, and then, you know, Sure enough, I through the the doctors at Cleveland Clinic and the physical therapist and just the grace and mercy of God and all those things and just I started to get better and and then in January, I think it was January, I just I I I had I woke up one morning and I had a vision. And it was me doing a, a concert at Worcester Mennonite and with Tim Shu. And it was this grand vision. And, and, you know, um, but, but it, it was, I, I just, all the emotions came pouring out. And um, so I think I was talking to Jacob either like that day or the next day, but I, I told him, and I, I said, you know, we need to do this. I mean, I, I pretty quickly got very serious about it. And so, you know, I still had trouble looking at screens. Jacob reached out to Tim for me. We were, we were crossing our fingers that Tim would say yes. And, and sure enough, he did. And then it's been just a process since that was, I think, in March or April, but it's just a, a process of, We've, other people have come into the fold and 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 Jacob and I recorded demos for 17 of my songs. We we did that over the course of about five months or so. And um right here in the in the sanctuary. And uh and they, you know, um 
yeah uh <laughs> so um anyway the, we have 17 demos but um and so i'm grateful for that too and 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 now we're we're a week away and and we've you know we've i got a drummer coming in from cleveland and i've reconnected with um uh you know friends from central and people that are it's just all these people people that you know new friends old friends coming together people that i never would have expected uh to support me and help me with this and and just at the right time and it's it's really just incredible it's incredible so i i just um i don't i, I don't know what to expect next week but I, I do hope it'll be a good turnout and if if you build it they will come they say but um but i i i'm just um i i i'm just preparing and trying to make it as good as we can make it um it's a really special thing obviously for for me and but but i but i'm thrilled that tim and and jacob are a part of it and um just you know just because of what they've meant for me and if i may uh, piggyback on that just a little bit and mention that um it is incredible in my view the progress and the healing that has happened um for for you lee over this past year and like you said when the idea of a concert first came up it was like well that's a nice idea but I can't look at screens right now. I can't listen to music. The um, the symptoms, the effects of the concussions were so severe. And I remember when we were recording your songs, when we started out, um, you had sound canceling earbuds and to help manage the, m mitigate the discomfort right. of the volume of the music. But then over time, I remember one of the first recording sessions when you recorded without them. And I was like, wow, like that was huge because I, I think you used them quite a bit for, maybe it was a several months at least. Yeah. Um, and so that first time you recorded without them and it, and it seemed like um, having a concert, talking about the, the concept of a horizon, having the concert as something to be working towards um, was really helpful. I think as you were coming through, because uh, there were some days where, particularly when it was very acute, the discomfort was very acute, where um, the things that you could do on that day were uh, limiting and and so taking a walk out in nature you were like really living in the present moment um and you know barney you referred earlier to our last episode of the podcast there's this one psalm that we talked about then about be still and know that i am god mm. and you were like living that <laughs> out in that season like i remember you'd come in and tell me like well i was out in nature maybe i saw a deer today and it's just one day at a time and i just was living it because i had no choice Right. Yeah. You didn't have a choice. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. But then you kind of the part of the metamorphosis, you start to open up to it, I feel like, and let that pace of life speak to you and shape you and to see you come through that. And now to be approaching the concert, it feels like a consummation of this journey that's been building towards this um, this moment. And so I'm so grateful that it has it has opened up in this way. And so for me, when I look at the concert, I like look at it through the lens of this journey of healing and, and, and what I see is God's presence in the midst of it. So when I anticipate the event, I do so with great hope. I know there's still a lot to get done logistically, <laughs> but I still ha I have this underlying sense. God's 
not brought you this far just to stop here. The God is going to bring you all the way through, you know, to that, that vision that you had that is realized. Um, and so um, that's just uh, something I wanted, wanted to add. Um, but thank you so much thank for your you. kind words. Absolutely. And it's, it has been an honor working with you, Lee. And they say, um, when you walk along with another person, you often, um, you often get more than you give, or you, you receive things that you would never have imagined. And, um, getting to know your story, getting to know you and your music, it has touched me right. deeply. So I'm so grateful. Well, that means so, a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so Barney, are there any other questions that you would have for Lee before we close our time? Yeah, I think that we would just really like to um, thank Lee for making time to come with us to visit us today and be on the show. And um, it has been um, just a really special journey for me, just this little bit of time that we've been able to be together and um, hear a lot of the things that have happened to Lee and that he's been through, um, hear about the positives and the negatives. And um, he reminds me of um, of the uh, devotionist of Oswald Chambers, who often writes in his devotions here and there, about how, you know, we can't truly understand joy, we can't understand freedom, um, we can't understand um, peace without having to go through the dark times. And um, I think Lee really brings up such a great point there saying that um, instead of, you know, someone just saying, oh, cheer up, or oh, smile, or oh, see somebody about it, that um, he reminds us that God is here to help us and hold our hands and um, speak to us in the dark moments through the shadows when we're, you know, covered by um, the shadow of God's hand and things seem so dark. And I hope that all of you out there are ex as excited about this concert as I am. I'm certainly going to make time to dial it up on my TV and watch along and and force my family to sit with me. And I think that they'll be glad that they did too. And um, I just think that the wonderful thing about art, about music, about theater, about books, is we all bring our own personal experiences to them. And we get to touch a little bit, especially through for performances, we get to touch a little bit of what the artist um, is intending and take what we have from ourselves and add it to that and come up with a new experience. And so I certainly hope that for those of you able to, please go ahead and attend in person. And should otherwise, we, should we just mention real quick the details? Is that okay? Uh, oh, related of course. To the concert? Yeah, we so, know it's next week, um, but yes. Would you be want to say the time and date? And yeah, so it is going to be Friday, uh, September 9th, a week from today at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know what that is for you off the top of my head. I was going to say that's 8 a.m. 8 a.m. here is Saturday morning. I'll be there. There you go. Yeah. Uh, there you so go. if you're in Japan. Um, so a nice little morning concert. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, so and, and there will be a live stream. Um, Through the uh, Worcester Mennonite Church uh, YouTube page. Right. The link is already live. Uh, it's already available there. Right. And on Facebook, I know you posted it on Facebook. Right. And um, and it, there will, it will be a there will be a recording as well on the Worcester Mennonite YouTube 
page as well. Mm -hmm. and, yes, uh, yeah. and we are asking if people are able to RSVP through Eventbrite, there's a way they can search for the concert. Do they just search for uh, Metamorphosis, a concert of healing and hope? Is that the- Yes, okay. yes, you can search Lee Miller Matzos, uh, mm -hmm. Eventbrite, Metamorphosis, um, any of those things. It's also, it's, it's um, listed on, as, on, on Google too. So it, it should be fairly easy to find. And important to mention too, we're also taking a donation for um, MCC's Ukraine emergency response yes. as well. So um, please, um, if, if you are able to donate and help with that, if you're able to make it yes. um, a really good, a good cause. Yeah. Absolutely. And just to clarify, yes, the concert itself is free, but the, the funds, all funds that will be taken are for this fundraiser. And then are there ways that people can find you on social media? Are there some things that we should throw out there where people can find? Um, yeah, I, I do have a, a, a Facebook page. You can follow me there um, at uh, Lee Miller Matzos. Actually, you kind of put me on the spot there because I... I... <laughs> I'm not used to throwing out my social links. <laughs> no but, problem. But yeah, I've I've got um you can find me on Instagram, um you can find me on Facebook, um, Twitter, LinkedIn. So yeah. Great, great. And um, is it okay to also mention um a thank you to a few of the other musicians who are helping? I know from the College of Worcester, um Tony Shreve, is that yeah, um, Tony Shreve, who's my um accompanist from the college. Back in the day, she is uh, going to be helping out. Um, so we're thrilled to have her. Um, Jen Kimbaum from Worcester Mennonite is helping out with violin. Mm -hmm. um, Rachel Miller, who's my friend from Central, who graduated uh, just uh, a year behind me, but um, she's she's helping out on violin and with background vocals. And um, Chris and, and uh, um, Chris, Chris, yeah, from Cleveland, from, from Cleveland, yes, and um, helping out as the drummer. So, yeah, yes, and um, it has been a real joy working with them. We we had some also during our practice time leading up to getting ready for it. We had another musician help us with the practices too, Jeremy Clevenger. Um, and so it's been nice to work with other musicians and um. It's like so exciting too. Um, lately, you made the comment the other night to the drummer, like for you, certain portions of your music, when you hear it with a, a, a certain instrument that you've envisioned in your mind, but when you hear it for the first time, realize how it's satisfying that, that yeah. is. So that, that was so neat yeah. with the drums the other night when he came in. Um, so, but anyway, thanks for letting us do that, Barney. We just wanted to put that in there. We'll put it back to you now. For the close. <laughs> yeah, I, I should, we should have done that first. Yeah, because it's important to get that since this event is... Um, live event and it's next week and we're hoping for as many people as possible to uh, interact with it in that way and um, we're always so thankful for those of you watching along and listening for the times that you um, come and join Jacob and I and uh, interact with us through this The Two World Podcast and we look forward to seeing you guys again next time <laughs>